Welcome back to AFMA 360. I'm your host, Chris Chan. Today, we're continuing staff interviews, and with me, I have Deputy Chief Brad Cohen. How are you doing today, Brad? I am doing very well. All right, so this is going to just be a simple conversation. I'm going to ask a few questions, ideas, all these staff interviews. It's going to allow, you know, as we merge, everybody within Buckeye Valley as well as AFMA to get to know everybody else. So let's start off with uh, what was your childhood like and where did you grow up? I grew up here in Phoenix. I had a very troubled childhood. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I had a great childhood. Um, I grew up in North Phoenix, around 32nd Street and Shea. Um, went to Shadow Mountain High School. Went to all the grade school and all that right there. Um, had pretty normal childhood, doing all the all the things out in the North Valley there. I, when I lived there, it was the open desert was right at the end of the, the houses where I live, the open desert, which is Bell Road and 32nd Street now. So I, I think I heard you telling a story sometime in the past couple of weeks about getting dropped off of what was the desert. I did. Down, right? I did. My mother yelled at my father for taking me and my siblings out into the middle of the desert um, because we could have run out of water and we could have gotten seriously lost. And that is 32nd Street and Shay or 32nd Street and Bell. So once again, there's uh, multi-family residences there, a bunch of restaurants. It's right? almost the center of town now. Is uh, was that? But yeah, that was out in the middle of the desert, and he got scolded pretty good for that. Okay, so since we're about the same age, mm-hmm. we need to put a, a time frame with that. What what year was that roughly? Oh, that had to be probably seventy eight, seventy nine, eighty, right around okay. there. So uh, just as a frame of reference, behind the behind the cameras once again, we have uh, Matt Nasser and, and Abraham Silva. So I was watching one of the previous podcasts, and, and Matt and Abraham, please correct me if I'm wrong, but Matt was born in 1992. Okay. And Abraham was born in 2002. Did I get did I get those years right for you guys? 92. Yeah, uh, Chief, I was 92. Abraham was 98. Oh, excuse 98. me, 98. Okay. Okay, so okay, so we won't fast so, forward yet. But, I will tell um, you, in '92, I had already been a medic for a year. How's that? And by '98, because you know we've known each other mm-hmm. a long time. What, at what point were you were already in the fire service for? How many years at that point? '98, um, probably eight or nine years. Started in '89, '90. Yeah, so I, I started, in, and I've talked about this before, and these guys know this, but I started in '94 as a reserve in Central right. West. We'll talk about yep. that in a minute. Yep. Um, and then uh, full time in 1995. So, yeah, know, that, that's so, so when Abraham was born, I, I could have actually delivered him, and you could have actually could delivered, delivered Matt. Yeah, yes. I was going to say I Matt and Abraham. Okay, great. So you, you grow up locally. So you go to school. So in high school, play sports, do academic stuff. What did no, you? What academic did you do? stuff. Um, yeah, not not very sports. It was I went to Shadow Mountain. Um, it was uh, actually Andy Skinner, my partner, was the coach, was the baseball coach um, at Shadow Mountain when I was there. Uh, Andy was a baseball coach. Andy's father. Was oh, his the father. Okay, coach. you said Andy. Yeah. And oh, like, Andy Skinner's I, father I, was the baseball. I think coach Andy's a there. little bit younger than we Maybe, are. Not not too much. Not much. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I did stuff like that. Just uh, normal stuff. Okay. So camp counselor, things like that. Oh, cool. So you get done with high school, then then what's the path from there? Right into, I went to EMT school the semester I got out of high school. I went to summer school at Phoenix College, or as I like to call it, FK. Um, and I got my EMT from, I'm going to remember his name. He was a retired uh, New York cop, and he was an EMT instructor. 
Wow. Kennan, Kinnan, McKinnon. Um, and so then from there, I went and I worked at PMT um, in the fall of 86. And that's where I started all so, the way. So uh, unlike, and we'll get into Amavac here in a minute, oh, yeah. but um, unlike Amavac, and, and Matt and I had a, a similar, I think, experience like you did at PMT, what was the difference of working for like a PMT versus what we see with our civilian employees working for AFMA? What, what do you think some differences are? Oh, we lived in, I lived in a, uh, some of those stations were questionable at best in some questionable parts of town. Um, it was, uh, oh man, I, I would have killed to live in a, a fire station. We lived in strip malls. Um, you rarely saw a bed. Um, got to stage on street corners, right? Got to for, stage for, on street yeah. corners. I stayed, uh, PMT had a station four was across the street from Graham central station, 35th <laughs> Avenue and in Indian school. Okay. Hold on, hold on just a minute. A- Abraham and, uh, and Matt, do you guys even, do you even know what, what, uh, Brad's referencing right now? Graham central station. There uh, are going to be some people. Is that the subways in New York? Oh, okay. No, it was a giant bar and it had like three different bars in it. Um, Country bar. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it, it was back in the day for those of it you was that, the place that are a little to bit be. older. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the ambulance station was across the street and nothing convenient about it. It was in the middle of the complex and it was a four or five story apartment complex. And it was on the third floor in the middle of the apartment complex. So you had to like run down and then run to your ambulance and then go on your calls no no uh, delay in response to no that, sure. no no yeah. no 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 and nothing stolen out of it ever um yeah that was a long time ago uh so i remember heating for- i remember heating burritos on the overheating radiator on the ambulance so you could have something to eat because there's no microwaves and once in a while i'm sure you had the same experience i did you might have eaten the burrito the burrito maybe or maybe not allegedly while driving code three maybe maybe yes that might have happened a couple times because if you didn't, you didn't eat. You didn't eat at all, right? Right. Yeah. You're already sleep deprived and everything right. else because right. of the situation. Yeah. Days at a time. Yeah. I did when I started. I made. Um, now I'm really going to date myself. I made three twenty five an hour. So it's that interesting. Was minimum wage. It's interesting that you say that. I, I think in a previous conversation we had, I I doubled my pay from being a private ambulance paramedic till the time that I started as a BLS firefighter, not even working as a medic. I went from six sixty seven an hour to like thirteen dollars yep. an hour, or maybe fifteen dollars an hour. Oh, as, as when I went to Amavac, I quadrupled my money. So, uh, for a lot of the folks are there may or may not remember Amavac, why don't you talk about that? Because that was a very unique experience, I think, from an ambulance perspective. It was. So, Amavac was a private ambulance company, but uh, it was the ground transport to Samaritan or Aravac's air units. So Aravac was the air unit, Amavac was the ground unit, and they covered the whole West Valley. <clears throat> it was one of the few um, ambulance companies that had a countywide CON. So we could go anywhere in the county, but we were mostly on the West side there. And uh, Goodyear was the base of that. And it was based out of a freestanding emergency room um, at Litchfield and I-10. I'll date myself one more time. I-10 did not go past uh, Dysart Road at that time. So you had to actually get off the freeway, drive another mile, and then go, go to the emergency play, emergency center. Yeah, and I think I remember that was back um, at the time I was working at Maryvale's and ER Tech, and then I had an opportunity yep. to work with you guys just a little bit yep. at Amavac. Uh, very similar response times, actually more, um, but but not 
too far different than what Buckeye Valley sees today because yep. of their CON. I mean, typically 30 to 45 minute response times, yep. uh, very far away from a trauma center. So you had to fly or you had an extremely prolonged transport time by ground. Yep. Yep. They'll, all those things. Um, Buckeye Valley used to be called before it was even Buckeye Valley. It was uh, Buckeye Rescue. And they had probably five or six people that worked there and they would like respond from home and Back then, Carl you, Cummings, yep. and I mean, they were they were the back then. Tollison was a, a a full time department with reserves. Yep, Goodyear was still a volunteer department. Yep, I then. was a volunteer. Uh, TJ and I were volunteers in Goodyear. Yep, and then Buckeye was not. It was a volunteer fire department, and then Buckeye yep. Valley. Yep, yeah, no Buckeye Valley. It was um, uh, there was just nothing. It was just Buckeye. Buckeye Rescue ran most of that stuff, and then Rural Metro ran a bunch of the fire stuff out there. Okay. From the Shield so, Park and all that. So you worked at Amavac up until what year? I worked up I worked till ninety four. I okay. went from Amavac to Sun City West. Okay, so let's talk about that. So you you became part of Sun City West right when they separated from Rural Metro and actually became a freestanding municipal yep. department. They actually recruited five of us and four of us were medics. So they could uh Rural Metro was an A B shift and they did that kind of like that ten P schedule on off on off. Um and then to make that so they could go three platoon or three shifts, they had to have five medics. So they hired myself, Tate Mitten, uh, Steve Reese, who just retired, and TJ McKay and Chris Setwinski. Yeah, and so right after that, I think, is when Chris reached out to me, and I ended up getting hired as a reserve yeah. about six months after you guys went, went full-time there. Yep, so that happened in July, and then we came on. They had their little brief period of um, their initial switchover, and then they went to the three platoons. And that's when we got hired on December 26th of 94. Awesome. Yeah. I want to say I started as a reserve. Um, it would have been in maybe like January or February yeah. because then I started, um, then I, I got the call from Glendale, uh, in like September, October, and I started my Academy in 95 and in, in June. Yeah. So I worked there right around, around, a year. Right around yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. There's Great. only three of us left, uh, from that original switchover and it's me, Mark Garrett and, um, Tate Min. Wow. That's great. Yeah. Okay. So 94 to 2023. So tell us a little bit about your career, what you've had a chance to experience. I have been on every piece of apparatus and I have worked in all the positions from medic on the ambulance to deputy chief. And I think that's, that's kind of crazy. I remember even when I got hired as a reserve, it was just station 101 and 102. 103 yeah. hadn't, 103 hadn't been, built, hadn't been yet. built yet. Yeah. Yeah. That was the, uh, that was considered uh, the new area was 103. And my first assignment as a captain was at station 103. Boring, boring on top of boring. Maybe a call every two or three shifts. Oh, wow. Super, super. Boring. I think to you and I talked recently at uh, <laughs> Captain Reese's retirement, there was a golf ball incident that was uh, referenced. And I think you might have at least been aware of, of what happened. Which incident was that? Golf the, ball or the golf ball being hit down Deer Valley oh, Road? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They were driving down, they were driving balls down the, down Deer Valley Road. That did not go over well. Because at the time, there was hardly any there traffic, nothing. like you said. Yeah, there was yeah. no traffic, no nothing. The golf course was brand new. And so they were, uh, when they got super bored, they would tee off from the station and shoot balls yeah. down uh, Deer Valley Road. And I, and I think. And the other direction was the, um, the orchard, which is now Cortabella. 
Okay. And and I think what happened in that particular circumstance is somebody happened to be driving, their vehicle was almost hit, and then a complaint was filed. Yep. And, and yep. Yeah. The rest is history. So there's statute of limitations. Yeah. Has expired. Captain Reese recently retired. So yeah, we'll, it wasn't we'll, me. We'll, we'll I, was, I'm not, I wasn't swinging <laughs> the irons there. It was not me at all. But, um, yeah, that definitely – there were some things that happened. And then uh, ping pong table. We had a ping pong table there that we had to remove because of an incident with another fire department uh, – yeah, that that we're definitely going to leave alone. That yeah, was, uh, that was that was. Another but we had to problem. we had to hide it. I, I, it was in the bay, and there were people that would come to the station, and they uh, that was the first thing they noticed, and so we had to actually put that in a storeroom to yeah that, diffuse all that. That other agency, it was uh, pretty widely known in the media what happened, and, yeah. and that was not a that was a little bit of a black eye for the fire service yes, here in the for valley. quite some time. That yeah. that went on for uh, for a while. Yeah, but so yeah, so then I. Um, I was on the ambulance and then I was, uh, I was an engineer while well, I was a backwards firefighter for a while. Um, and then I was an engineer on the ladder and then I got promoted to captain. I was a captain on the ladder for a while and, or I was a captain on the engine and then I went to the ladder and then in 2005, I got promoted to BC. And then you've been a deputy now for a couple of years. I remember mm-hmm. we did the deputy process. You became one of the yep. shift commanders. So long span of a career. What are some changes? And you and I have talked a little bit about this going back to when we were medics still. Well, you still Ooh. are a medic. I, I'm not anymore. I, am still I, I went a medic. back to being an EMT, but you look My at the changes. My 15th resert will happen tomorrow. Wow. Wow. No, no, I'm sorry. 16th resert, 32 years. That is crazy. Crazy cool. Crazy Without cool. 32 yeah. years, yep. Okay, and so, yes, I have used the paddles to shock somebody. That so, is a question that comes up all the time. And, People ask me that. Right. And and so heading down that path, let's talk about that a little bit. What are the changes like, you know, I've referenced when, you know, we've talked in a couple of these podcasts <laughs> before. Back in the day, we criked, we intubated, we did central lines. A lot of that stuff doesn't happen anymore. Yep. What are positive changes you've, you've seen either on the EMS side or on the fire side over the, over the span of your career? Technology. Technology has helped that quite a bit, but I still miss some of those things that we used to do. I mean, there's nothing like shocking somebody, you know, nothing like shocking somebody with paddles. It's a moving target. Um, some of that, just so the drugs we don't use anymore, we used to use like everybody got certain things, you know. Yeah, unfortunately, got, though, we, we, we might have given bicarb a lot when a we lot, didn't need to. <laughs> a lot of bicarb. I've given a lot of bicarb, a lot of uh, just dextrose when you didn't know what was going on. We used to do no blood sugars. We used to do, and you're going to remember this, chem sticks. Yep. So you had to match it up to the bottle to see where they kind of lied with their blood sugar and and kind of give them prophylactic Narcan and sugar. Everybody got Narcan, sugar, and uh, thiamine. Yep. Diamond. Those are the three big ones for the unconscious protocol. Um, airway stuff's definitely improved, but we used to innovate everybody. Crike, crikes were not that uncommon. Um, central lines instead central of IOs, right? Uh, I loved doing uh, EJs. I just I could do those and and uh, subclavians. Those were easy to do. And me too. And did them and, all the time. And nasally innovating people. That was awesome. I'm. The, I would much rather nasally innovate you than than. Anything else? We had that conversation. I think I had that with uh, Nick Ells not too long ago. Was and and Captain Barkley um, about nasally innovating people. It was just easy, and if you had a couple breaths left in you, you got a nasal tube to to secure that. That was good stuff. So, so Matt, as a current practicing medic, was that was that a, a gasp of you can't believe we did that, or just that you're laughing because we're talking back in the good old days? It was good. I will tell you one other thing about Aravac and Amavac is Amavac. 
um, had LifePack 10 monitors. Do you know what LifePack 10 did that I, the other ones didn't? Do you remember? It paced, right? It paced. Yeah. See, so ooh, we would we would take that. helicopter rides because the flight crew did not have LifePack 10s and they could not pace people. So if we end up pacing somebody, we would switch out with the medic on the helicopter. We would fly to the hospital and then your partner would drive the other medic to the hospital where that you transported to and you do your switch there. Okay. So since you, and, and, and Matt, go ahead and answer, and then I'm going to, I'm going to go on to another topic. Um, just, uh, di- different stuff, stuff that we touched on in school, but was kind of like, Hey, this is going away. You'll never see it. And it's cool to hear stories about when it got used. Levafed and Demerol. Oh yeah. I started leave with them, Levafed, Levafed, leave, Levafed, leave them Levafed them dead. and yeah. Demerol was the pain medicine um, before morphine. So j- just as a frame of reference uh, for Matt and, and Abraham, <coughs> Levafed, we used to joke that you could literally inject it into a piece of hamburger and it would yes. create a heartbeat. Yes. So that, that was, yeah, that the, was like the, the last, last ditch effort was you give them Levafed and they'd go, Oh, you gave that. And they just kind of walk away when you got out of the hospital. Like, nah, we're not going to save that one. Yeah. Yeah. A lot yeah, of that stuff. Was like your last ditch effort there goes back. Unfortunately, we did a, we did a recent podcast on the Nemesis 3.5 with, with Nick and Chris and, those guys have been medics for a long time too. We talked about, you know, things that we used to do even with CPR. Oh yeah. Not really, you know, just recently in the past decade, we found out that the only reason we were breathing for people is because of the uh, anesthesiologist that was part of that original core right. team. They didn't have the science to back it up, but they didn't want to. They didn't want to disenfranchise or yeah. or make that guy, yes. you know, a little, hurt his feelings. Yeah. So we, we were doing CPR the wrong way for a number of years. Oh yeah, we did all sorts of things like that. Okay, for years. I, I just remembered something that we've not touched on yet, and that is how long you were an EMS educator, because we both taught. Oh, you taught primarily for Barb, but I know I we did. both taught for Dr. Lewis at one point. I did. I taught so, for her. I taught at uh, GCC too, probably since oh, probably ninety three, ninety two, ninety three. Um, PALS instructor, ACLS instructor, PT, PHTLS instructor. TJ and I were one of the first um, groups or first medics to be PHTLS instructors. And we would go down to Tucson and we would teach at uh, the university for the medical students. We'd give them that two-day um, PHTLS class. It, it reminded me when you talked about the LifePak 10s and 11s because at the time uh, we had 12-lead capability in Glendale. And I was teaching right. uh, with Gene McDaniel and, mm. and we both know Gene oh, yeah. uh, for, K, for Dr. Lewis at PC. And at the time, because Gene worked for Phoenix, uh, they didn't do 12 leads. And so, and it never went anywhere, but it was called an ACLS experience provider, EP. Yep. And Dr. Lewis sent me and Gene in New Mexico to get our certs as EPLS, yep. uh, ACLS EP instructors. I never went anywhere, but I got that opportunity just because we were doing 12 leads and, and Phoenix wasn't at the, at the yep. time. Yep. Phoenix, we did a bunch of things that Phoenix didn't do and Glendale always did those things too. Yep. Yeah. Very, we were very, always very jealous lucky. of the 12 leads. And yeah. And, and I'll tell you, you know, especially when you had an inferior wall MI being able to reverse yeah. the leads and, and see what was going on was hugely huge. Cutting. Not so much anymore now. It's kind of a standard practice, but, but yo, very innovative. That was a big the, deal back then. At big, the time. big deal. But yeah, PHTLS instructor, um, pretty much all those things. EMT instructor. I was an EMT instructor for a while. Um, I don't know. I had a bunch of certifications. Too, so you name it and you pretty much Pretty taught, much. Right? We taught that because Barb drove all that. She's like, come on, I want you to do it. And we go, all right, why not? I'll never forget my ACLS um, instructor, not the EP, just the normal ACLS. 
uh, she was kind of roaming around. It was done down at American Heart Association mm. down there. It was off like 40th Street in Washington. Yep, I'm gonna know her name. And and she walked up right as I was doing my presentation for a docs and nurses. And man, I've never been I've never been more in fear of my life. I think than when Barb was watching me do my presentation, oh. and she kind of smiled at me and walked away. And then I was like, okay, maybe I'm gonna pass after yep. all. So oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The original uh, member, you went through Barb, right? I did not. I went through. I went through St. Joe's and GCC's oh. program. Yeah. So Barb, the your when you did your mega code, you had to do your, you had to pass ACLS, do your mega code, and then you could do your vehiculars. And it was her, uh, gamer, Doctor Gamer, Mary Alice Witzel, Bill Logren, and Barb, and they you ran through everything. There was every, nothing was off limits, and you ran through every algorithm. And then once they were satisfied, then you could go do your vehiculars. Yeah, it was very similar. And, and you add in Lynn Brown Wagner, who also Brown was, Wagner, she yeah, was the other yeah. person that was involved with our program, oh. but extremely intimidating. It was a right? weight loss experience <laughs> out of just sheer terror and not being able to eat before it and just sweating. Just sweating for uh, the mega code went on for almost. 45 minutes yeah, because they had to touch every algorithm and every, you had to read every strip and oh man. That and was and if you had a live patient as your oh. demo, you <laughs> didn't know if you were diaphragmatic right. or what the patient was, right? <laughs> it, it was one of the two. And it was the shaking, a lot of shaking going on. Yeah. Well, are you okay? His hands are freezing. I can't breathe. So you had to look at the questions before. Last question I ask everybody. Tell us one thing about yourself that's unique or interesting and that, that no one would know that you work with. I don't know if how interesting it is, but I play the guitar. I'm actually going to take guitar lessons here again. So electric or uh, acoustic? Acoustic, mostly acoustic. Really? Mm-hmm. I've played for a long time, but I kind of have these little periods where I do and I don't, and then I've been in a don't, and so I'm taking it back up again. That's very cool. What what kind of music do you like to play? Just folksy music, whatever. Easy stuff. I look for stuff on, uh, there's a couple of websites that just have the chords, and I kind of just go along, and if I hear a song, I'll go, oh, I wonder if I can get the chords to that, and... Just kind of mess around. Nothing, nothing, uh, not like uh, Chris Barkley, I don't belong to a band. And well, I was just going to ask that. that so I've seen him play a bunch of times. I was going to say, is there a chance to either no. join Chris's band or or even uh, Rock uh, Healy, right? He retired and he's yeah, in now. No, he's 80s. Uh, uh, Chris Barkley belongs to two bands. One of them is just too hard for me. It's almost, it's, I like listening to it, but it's just. Too hard to play. Too hard to play. Yeah, I don't. And he's awesome, so I wouldn't want to bring him down. <laughs> I, I get that without a doubt. Anything else you want to add before we wrap up today? No, I think that's about it. Okay, I do, do want any to, other questions for me. I I don't, but I do want you to take a look at the uh, the timer that's to my to I my know. to my I'm right shoulder. Yeah, I saw yeah. It. Okay, so we had a bet. We did. I lost. Oh, well, all, all of us lost, uh, all unless lost. we're going to do the over under. So. No, uh, Matt, Matt and Abraham, I'll, I'll leave it to you guys to keep us honest on that. That's it. Well, thank you again for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on AFMA 360. Be safe and have a great day.